Hello, everybody. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. I'm here with Mark Linkus from Sparkle Horse, the brainchild of Sparkle Horse. They've been around since the mid-90s and recently released a new album, Dreamt for Light Years in the Belly of a Mountain. And yeah, so I just want to thank you, Mark, for taking the time off, considering you're actually going to be playing soon. So thank you for that. And You're welcome. Yeah, so you've been taking you've taken a couple years off of this gig for a while. So how have you enjoyed uh, returning and touring again? Um, well, I was quite a bit apprehensive about starting um, the tour in Europe because just because I haven't toured in so long, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think I just I convinced myself that people had moved on and forgot about Sparkle Horse and all the. Oh, no. The Not shows would be empty, but they were all sold out, and yeah. the European-UK tour went great. Uh-huh. And uh, and I don't know, my band is really, really, really good, and I'm just, I'm having a good time touring mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. I'm really enjoying playing, and it's going really well. Mm-hmm. Is the experience with the band, considering the members are, I know the members are always changing in Sparkle Horse, like, considering the change of members, has that influenced your experience with the, with the band uh, this time around, or? Yeah, um, yeah, this, this time around, I think, I mean, I've always really enjoyed who I've, who, who my band was from album to album for different reasons, and you know, it it always sort of changes up the vibe, and I think maybe in the past, just I I, I sort of felt guilty about um, making entertainment uh, mm-hmm. with with my music for a while. Therefore, I just I don't know the the live um, performing live was always sort of a precarious thing yeah. you know and it yeah. often sort of teetered on the edge of disaster all the time which <laughs> which i don't know some maybe some people miss that but um this time you know the the my drummer is my best friend for 20 years mm-hmm. johnny hot mm-hmm. he yeah. played on all my albums yeah in the beginning and uh, he plays drums and pump organ and my bass player was in crying sand paula jean brown and she's just uh-huh. a great player great singer um my keyboard guitar player uh, Chris Michaels, he sings as well, and he's just a, a great player. And um, my guitar tech uh, sits in on pedal steel for, I guess, four or five songs. Oh, that's that. awesome! So, and everybody's just everybody's just really, really good players, and I can just um, sort of, I don't know, it, just enjoy, just enjoy playing the songs without being scared that they're going to fall apart at any uh-huh. second, you know. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, outside of playing your own music, what do you, what else have you been listening to these days? Um, not a whole lot. I, I guess you know, I still listen to a lot of electronic stuff, I guess. So, you know, um, I just sang on the new Finesse record. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're we're going to do an album together in, in the next few months. Wow. Uh, me, me and Finesse, and, uh, um, I don't know, stuff when I was making the record, I, I mean, I was in a real slump at, for for a long time, and I, and I went back and started listening to what, you know, what I considered was like the, the best, the greatest songwriting and the, and the greatest recordings ever, and I was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of mid, mid to late period Beatles stuff. And, oh, yeah. Um, just, you know, really getting into alternate 
versions and you know the anthology records. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I really listened to a lot of. I was listening to a lot of Beatles stuff the last couple of years. What else do you think has, uh, as at least for the last album, what else do you think has influenced uh, how you've created music? And w- even with your collaborators, because there have been so many, uh, like what would you think is your biggest influence, like in general? Um, I don't know. It may, I think probably film and literature is as much, if not more, than than other music really yeah um i don't know certain just you know certain certain films and i don't know it's like sometimes when i try to articulate something musically it's inspired by something um i don't know something visual or something that is like uh i try, try to make it's really hard to articulate this, but uh-huh. try to try to make music that inspires film in in, in your head. I, can, I I completely see what you're trying to say. Does that also help with uh, like the artwork for your, for the albums? Like for I know most of the like from the four albums, all of them have been pretty artistic. Particularly the last one. I I'm not. Can you uh, explain like what went through the creative process to get the artwork for the last album? Because it's interesting. So. Um, that I was doing an in-store at Fingerprints uh, record store in Long Beach, California, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the image that's the cover of the latest album um, was a poster advertising that in-store. Wow. And just from the first time I, I saw it, I just I knew that it would be the cover of my next record. <laughs> that's awesome. I just, I just loved that image, you know, and had had little, you know, a few references to my my other album. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I just knew that that would be my next cover. That's awesome. Well, considering you've been touring for a bit and kind of gotten your feet wet again, uh, what song do you think has been your favorite to perform, perform live again, either new or old? Oh, um, gosh. I think I'm, I've been enjoying playing Gold Day. Oh, I was just listening to the song right before this interview started. It's a, yeah. it's a great it's a great track of it's a wonderful life. Why? Um, may, maybe but it's I think it's probably my one of my favorite songs, and uh, and also maybe because I've I've never really been able to pull it pull it off live in the <laughs> past. And yeah, this is a, this is literally the the first time I've ever played that song in front of people is, mm-hmm. is with this band that I'm touring with now. So, do you prefer like uh, the mellower tracks that Sparkle Horse has, like Gold Day with strings and such, or like the rockier, the rockier songs, like you know, Pig and et cetera, et cetera? Like, which songs do you prefer to play in general? Do you? Because I noticed, at least with this last one, there's this last album, the Dreamt for Years. Um, there's quite a nice mix of harder songs and softer songs and contemplative songs, and then you close it with that that long instrumental song at the end of the album, like, which songs do you think you prefer to play overall? Like, does it just depend on your mood? Um, probably the the more stripped-down ballad type of song. Mm-hmm. I, I think I enjoy playing better. Um, I don't I th- probably just because they come a little more natural to me. 
mm-hmm. than rocking out. You know, still, yeah. still rocking. I mean, I I really like the pseudo kind of punk stuff. Yeah, and it's fun to play live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but but then again, I don't know something about something about it. You know, when I whenever I rock rock out, you know, it it always seems like sort of a Special Olympics of rock rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah no but you do you do it very well man yeah i, I love it. i love when i hear when i think of sparkle horse and i think of you particularly obviously uh, i usually think of the more mellow stuff but you know there's certain tracks that can rock my socks as well so <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> well i know this is looking forward a bit but it's probably because i'm here in southern california i'm looking forward to it and i know our listeners probably are too but You've signed up for Coachella, and are you looking forward to any of the acts that are playing alongside you? I don't know who's playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I got plenty more of that. But anyways, um, so you've collaborated with musicians like PJ Harvey and Tom York. Um, of everyone you've collaborated with, who do you think's been your favorite? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I if I really have a a favorite or not because mm-hmm. I just I love what each each one of those people I, I love what they do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Nina's Nina from the Cardigans. Her her mm-hmm. voice is just you know I don't, her voice is just like I don't know licking honey off the glass <laughs> or something. And Tom Tom Waits, I just He's always he's been with starting with his island records with like Swordfish Trombones and Rain Dogs, mm-hmm. Frank Spot Years, Bone Machine, all those records, you know, that's really influential to me and, mm-hmm. and being able to work with Tom has just been I still can't believe it, you know. Yeah, the, it's been, the, a, been a dream. The track you did with him was pretty edgy. I remember listening to it for the first time. I was like, Wow, this is pretty it's pretty at your face kind of a stuff right here. But, yeah, Dog Door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's on his new album too, on the Orf- on that Orphans record that just came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Well, I have to check that out. Let's see. And oh, this is something completely off the bat. Uh, if you were stuck on an island and could only bring one material possession with you, what would it be? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably like ever everyone else answers probably a guitar guitar yeah i'd probably say the same thing yeah well one thing aside from that considering everyone says that yeah (laughs) um i don't know was that another question i'm sorry (laughs) actually no i will just skip it guitar is good enough guitar is versatile enough um let's see well, what was the difference in how you took um, this last album with something like It's a Wonderful Life, which only took like two years to be released, I believe? Like, what was the difference? I know that, that the songs were apparently on the shelf for a while, and you were you, you, it wasn't even sure whether or not they'd be released. What got you to change your mind and put out this album, which, I, I, which is as solid as any other Sparkle Horse album? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, part of it was just survival instinct. I, th- I think I, you know, I hadn't worked in so long. It got really hard to 
to survive. It got really hard to live and, and pay my rent mm-hmm. for my studio and my house. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I convinced myself that I think it was just an aspect probably of depression that, that it, that they weren't valid and, and that I couldn't make interesting pop music anymore. Um, and mm. I don't know. I, th- I think maybe when, uh, I think a little confident, you know, once I, I, just one track at a time just gave me more and more confident. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, when, you, when you're in a state like that mentally of pretty bad, dark depression, just a little bit of confidence goes a long way. Yeah. And so, like, every track that I finished, uh, I, I just got a little more confident. Well, well, I'm glad it came out. And um, let's see. And outside of music, what do you think you do gives you the most pleasure? Oh, and uh, actually, while you brought up films, have you seen any uh, decent films recently? Because most of the stuff out here, at least in the States, I haven't been too uh, enthralled with. So <laughs> do you have yeah, any suggestions? I haven't really seen too much. I, I Where I live is I, I, it's so remote um, that I don't really get a chance to see much film as I'd like to, so mm-hmm. well, well, I, haven't, I haven't really seen. I think the last thing I saw was the Darren Aronofsky movie, the uh, Fountain. Oh yeah, I heard about that movie, but yeah. yeah, I heard a lot of things about it. A lot from a bunch of my friends that said it was overrated, so I was kind of scared to look at it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I wasn't really blown away by it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like his films, but that, that's that's the last. That's the most recent film that I've seen. Mm-hmm. All right, and let's see one more. And now that uh, Sparkle Horse has passed the decade point, do you see yourself continuing under the name as long as you keep making music, or do you just do you associate Sparkle Horse with a certain sound, or is it just anything uh, you make? I guess it's just anything that I make, mm-hmm. and and I, I mean I hope it has a a specific characteristic. Mm-hmm. I think it does. I mean, on It's a Wonderful Life, when I had so many different people and kind of high, I mean, unintentionally, I ended up having a lot of high-profile people on that record. I was really self-conscious about losing whatever, you know, specific stylistic thing that Sparkle Horse had. But but people, you know, whenever they heard the tracks, whether if Nino or Polly was singing on a track, they people would always say, you know, it sounds like a Sparkle Horse track. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's something that ties every record together. They all feel very unified. And and I, I just love, I loved all the collaborations, especially in It's a Wonderful Life. And I wanted to ask you one more thing about that. I heard, Well, I've always, I'm sure you've been asked about this before, but the Wish You Were Here cover you did with Tom York and how that was, I heard it was over the phone. How did that entire thing come about in the first place? And why why was it over the phone? Um, and that came about, EMI was doing a, a, a centennial thing where they would take uh, current EMI artists covering past EMI hits. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I I kept getting a list of songs, and I, I couldn't find any of the songs that I wanted to cover on their list, so I, I, I picked Wish You Were Here, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd's song. Yeah. And um, I... 
I guess I wrongly assumed that that Tom knew the song by heart, <laughs> just because it, you know I did, and it was such a sort of classic rock yeah. song in America. But, um, and he was on tour, so we decided to do it over the telephone. He was, I think, he was in Japan, so um, and I called him for him to sing his part over the telephone. Wow! And um, he he actually didn't know the song. Yeah, so, <laughs> he, a couple of the I think of, it, yeah, a couple of the lyrics are actually I I think he got a couple of them wrong, so it's kind of it's kind of humorous, but <laughs> yeah, I I I I couldn't find the album, and I just tried to remember the lyrics part, <laughs> and and Tom didn't know it, and just ended up improvising and then um, playing his tele uh, hotel room television. Mm-hmm. So, wow, it's just a great story. I. I I could never understand how that went about because everyone because the recording sounds so nice, you know. And I think they actually put it on a soundtrack, uh, did they? I, I yeah, it was on that skateboard movie. Yeah, it was on the skateboard movie. So I was like, I was like, wow, they put it on a soundtrack, and it sounds really crisp. And to think that it was all over a phone, it's just it's just crazy. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I'll probably end the interview here, maybe have a couple of words after I cut it off, but I just want to thank you again, and I want to remind everyone, Dreamt for Light Years in the Belly of a Mountain is out in your local indie record store or store, wherever you want to find it. It's definitely a um, signature sparkle horse, so check that out. And yeah, I would like to thank Mark, and thank you for listening, KUCI Irvine. <laughs>